Hey everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. I was recently looking to buy a car and thought to myself, there has to be a better way. It's such a stressful process. That's when my friend told me about a new way to buy a car. It's called TrueCar.com. At TrueCar.com, you can actually see what others pay for the car you're looking for in your area so you know when you're getting a great price. Because at TrueCar.com, you get a savings certificate, and you just take that savings certificate to a TrueCar.com certified dealer so you don't need to worry about the hassle and anxiety of the old way to buy a car. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,000 off the MSRP. So seriously, if you're ready to buy a car, why wouldn't you go to TrueCar.com? Negotiation-free guaranteed savings, a hassle-free experience, and a true car certified dealer that is committed to a new and better way to buy a car. Come on, save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. Mega, which is all come true. May you always do for others what others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. May you stay forever young. Thank you, Tia. I got it right this week. That is the perfect way to enter our finale episode. Oh my goodness, welcome back everybody to AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood. We are here doing season 5 finale, episode 22. The Pontiac. I am your host, Marissa Serafini, and today I have with me... I'm Danica Kennedy. I'm Elena Jordan. And I am Tiana Hobson. Oh my goodness, we're all back. I'm so glad that we're all back for this finale. Okay, overall thoughts. What were your thoughts? Did you cry? Were you choked up in this episode? I definitely felt choked up. I definitely cried a little bit, Um, and I thought it was a nice ending. I don't want it to be a series finale though because I feel like they can do better and they deserve better I don't want it to be the end either I want more character development there's so many unanswered questions Mm -hmm. now I really have my fingers crossed that it's going to be picked up for season 6 yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) you guys covered all the bases I want more Bravermans (laughs) I agree I mean I think and and we'll obviously we'll get to it but I think as a finale it was great it had me laughing it had me almost crying I I do admit I think last week's episode was more sad and more heart wrenching than it was this I sweet cried this time last time I cried exactly so I think this episode for finale it it had all of the the emotional roller coasters uh, you know the waves have gone up and down in what like a good finale should so, you know what? Let's get started with, uh, sorry, I'm not, <laughs> I can't read my notes because of my handwriting. Uh, Drew and Natalie. So, okay, so I guess the school year is over, college year, the first Drew's freshman year is officially over, it's summertime, and Natalie's going away to 
Portland, but Drew has no ways to travel to her and visit her in the summer. But actually, I have to admit, I was kind of happy to see Natalie go. And I heard that, like, oh, she's going away for Portland. I was like, yeah, she's going somewhere. She's going away for a while. What did you think of all this? It's funny that we're already like, shoo, Natalie, go away. Because they've yeah. been together for literally 15 seconds. Like, they have not been mm-hmm. together that long at all. And we're like, yay, she's leaving. I thought that was funny. But we've seen them, like, back and forth this whole season. So... Even though they're, they've been officially together for 15 seconds, they've been with us this whole season. How awkward was she when she told Drew she loved him as the doors are closing <laughs> on her bus? Not the best timing, what? Natalie. Natalie's not known for her timing. No. She makes a lot not. of mistakes. Do you, do you think this is a little too soon to say I love you, considering they just finally got officially together? Yes and no. Yes, because they've been together for 50, 15 seconds, but no, because if you didn't love someone, I don't think they would have gone through the struggles that they went through this year. Like, they went through a lot this year, and it's very obvious that it was because they were falling in love with each other that they couldn't get on the same page. So I understand mm-hmm. that they would already be in love, and for us it feels too soon, but they've already been in this relationship for the whole year. They just didn't have it official. So I don't really see that it's too soon. Okay. It was just oddly timed. It was too soon and too late at the same time. (laughs) Only Natalie can pull off being wrong on both regards. Uh Maybe she did it on purpose so the doors would close so he would have to feel guilty and visit her. What did you think of Drew's reaction? Or therefore lack of any reaction? I think it was the right reaction because yeah. i think if I, I was saying goodbye to someone as they're you know the doors are closing they yell that out at you for the first time you're kind of in a state of shock for a minute of wait did i just hear that right um bye out of nowhere <laughs> yeah it came kind of out of left field yeah so i i think it should be interesting i mean yes this is the end of the uh Season and we won't see these this couple together. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how their relationship develops over the summer, because we started off where they just finally get together and then Natalie's going away and I'm like, now is this a long distance relationship? And we know for the most part, long distance usually don't work out. So I think maybe they'll touch upon that for the next season when they pick that relationship up. I think that'll be fun to see. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting, too, because, you know, everyone, well, not everyone, but summer after first year of college, you know, it's been your first year, you go back home, and you're around people who you haven't been around in a long time, and you've changed, they've changed, and I think it'll just be interesting to see how the relationship changes, because it's not a high school relationship anymore. You know, it's a college relationship, and this is when stuff's supposed to be, you know, more serious. This is college is where you're supposed to meet, you know, your future spouse and stuff and make friends that last a lifetime. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with the distance over the summer. But then clearly it's not that far away because we drove there in like less than a day. <laughs> yeah. Because they're already so north that I guess Portland's not that many hours away. Yeah, that's true. And, and, so that kind of also bleeds into the whole moving. Zeke and Camille are finally moving out of the house, packing up everything. And then we have, <laughs> I loved seeing Crosby and Adam both together, 
both back in the house because they're helping move everything and all the furniture. And then their mattress sloping, what, what do you call it, sledding <laughs> like so much down the, the stairs. What did you think of their bonding ex- moments throughout um, their moving experience? I wanted to be a part of it. Especially, so did I. I never did Especially that. that part with the, like, ramp going down the stairs because I didn't have a two-story house growing up as a kid. I dreamed of doing stuff like that. Like, remember Home Alone? When he had the sled and went down the stairs? I dreamed of doing that as a child. (laughs) So they were adults doing it. I'm just like, they got paid to go to work that day (laughs) and slide down a mattress slide of stairs. Like, how amazing is that? Gosh, where can I sign up to be on this show? I love that they acted like little kids because they grew up in that house. So it's a perfect way to say goodbye to it. Kind of, you know, carrying on the childhood memories that Mm -hmm. they shared there. In a show that's very realistic and very real time, that's the closest you can get to a flashback. Which, when you're looking back at this house and saying goodbye to it, and they're even talking about the stages of grief. Like, it is Mm -hmm. losing a character on the show, like we've been saying. So I, I really liked that. I felt like that was a good bookend for saying goodbye to the home. The one thing I was disappointed about with this whole moving in this part of the episode, I know they were busy dealing with other things, but why weren't Julia and Sarah there reminiscing with their brothers? I know. You know, if my parents were moving, all of us would be there, you know, like live, reliving and telling old stories. And even Amber and Drew, I felt like should have been there because they spent so much of their lives living there as well. And I just wanted the family to really all be there missing the house already together. I agree. In fairness, Sarah was still down in San Diego. Yeah, I, I said they had other things that so, were going on. All yes. the guys, but, Drew did come and help. Yeah, but it was only no. the boys. I was like, why aren't the girls the girls reminiscing. all have the relationship They do show everyone together. Yes, yes they, do. they do. They didn't leave anyone out. They I, showed, no, Drew well, wasn't there. Drew, and that pissed me off, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you cannot have this huge family all come together well, and have, there have Lauren there, but not Drew. That was my that was my beef. Uh, okay. But, okay, so we, yes, <laughs> the guys were there having fun, and then they were having too much fun, and Crosby, I don't know, hurts, injures his neck a little bit. <laughs> and so Drew is forced to help move and stuff. And then he, I find it interesting how Drew's like, just like complaining how his summer started off sucky. I'm like, dude, it's grow been, up. You had the whole summer to enjoy. Yeah. I mean, it's I been five hours since you said bye to her. I know. Calm down. And this has been the worst summer ever. It started 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm broke. Get a job. <laughs> I'm broke. I have no money. I don't have a car. I can understand that. Like, being stranded with no car and this and have no girlfriend i can understand why he's upset but i'm like summer just started don't complain I'm just saying do something Be about happy. it yeah so he's helping move and zeke has this incentive hey the, you know the best mover gets a prize and then <laughs> drew you know with his typical oh what is it your old what was it original Oh, your dollar lucky dollar bill. First dollar. First lucky dollar. I think that's such a typical thing that grandchildren would think like, oh, it's something old and sentimental that really has no value for the grandchildren, but it has a lot of value for the actual person. And, but so, so Drew, he, he helps and, and then at the end of it, the Pontiac that Zeke and Victor have been working the whole season, actually for Drew. That was nice. 
Did we love that? I loved that. I have to be honest, I did not see that coming. I didn't either, and I kind of felt bad for Victor because he'd been working on it the (laughs) whole time. I was like, shouldn't that have gone to Victor? He just wrote... That's how I felt. The whole essay that Victor wrote, too, we'll jump into that more later, but it's almost a character on the show now, this car, and Drew hasn't really helped or done anything Anything for it. For Mm -hmm. it, or had anything to do with it. Sydney did more than he did. On the car. I thought it was surprising how, yes, Victor was the one helping on the car throughout the whole season. And if it was in, like, from the beginning, the whole intentions was to give it to Drew, I think you should have had Drew kind of subtly help with, you know, like, hey, what kind of car, uh, what kind of paint do you want this car? What do you think is a good color? You know, subtle ways to be, have him fall in love with the car and then while it's done, Hey, I want this car. Hey, it's actually for you. Then he could have that connection with it, like yeah, the connection that Victor has it. with it. Also, he didn't seem like he appreciated it that much, but he's also he kind did. of like a teenage boy that doesn't seem like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful. You know, yeah. they're not going to be all over dramatic like how I would be if someone gave me that car. I'd freak <laughs> out. I think he did because when he got behind the wheel, you could see his eyes tear up. He did get emotional. And I think that's just his way of showing how he was surprised and shocked and then he drove off. I'm like, first give your grandfather a hug and, and then drive off. It, it just seems testament. like I'm off to bang my girlfriend now. Like, <laughs> Well, I think that the sentimental value is great because Zeke is so much of a father figure. He's more than a grandpa to Drew. He is the father figure too. You know, Zeke Mm-hmm. raised him you know pretty much and stuff so i think that him doing this for him is also just like another way of here i'm taking care of you and i think drew does get that and appreciate it um i do wish that he could have helped with the car because i was kind of like whoa thought we would have put that away in storage for little victor but guess not no i but, didn't expect that at yeah all. I, 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 I didn't either came out of left field for me but you know what maybe that victor might get another car that's yeah, what I was it, thinking, cause... because Zeke knows how to fix cars and Victor is good mm-hmm. at fixing cars too. That could be their thing, and then v- Zeke could get it, easily get another car and work on that one. And then when Victor's actually of age, give the car to him. So speaking of Victor, you know what? Let's let's go into Joel and Julia and that whole family. So we get good news, Victor. He wins the essay contest at his school, which yeah. brings the whole Joel, Julia, Sydney family dynamic back together. They, for a day. And, but Victor, he sends this essay in and he wins and then he finds out he has to read it in front of his whole school. And I was kind of worried because we heard that we knew that Victor was slowly getting better at the reading. But when he read that essay out loud, he had no problem. No problems at all. I was like, I think I would have been more nervous talking than he did. It made me tear up. I teared up, too. That's where I teared up. What what did you think of his whole essay? It was so sweet and just like his... funny. His funny, but uh, sweet, emotional, family, life, things that he's gone through. Yeah, not only did it make me tear up because he can read perfectly now which he's been battling through that throughout the seasons that we've known him Mm -hmm. but it was also so cute how he was describing his relationships with his family and his grandparents and i feel like they're my family i love it (laughs) it's amazing because a year ago he was just joining the family and now and now he has all these stories about his family and that's all he can talk about that and i think 
that character growth, just him alone in this season, is awesome. And, you know, we had Shiloh in studio, and he's very well-spoken, very fast, well-educated. very mature for his age. Yes, well-educated young individual. And so I felt that was kind of a little bit of himself just being projected on screen. I'm like, he's so good. He's a brilliant actor. Everyone yeah. in the show is just phenomenal. Everyone. They're great. There was one line in his essay about how it had been such a hard year for him, and so the car mm-hmm. helped him through it, and that, yeah. that got me. Yeah, me too. That was when he, he broke me at that point, yes, pretty much. He broke me at that point. I did like when he said that he was... You know, speaking of moving on and everything, since it is the final episode, when he was saying, I should be happy that we're done with it, but I'm a little sad because I've had so much fun with it, and I've just enjoyed the experience and spending time with my granddad, but we have another car coming up, and we're going to work on that one, so (laughs) that's why I was like, another season? Can we... Can we see the next card? <laughs> Definitely hope, yeah. And uh, I believe the line he said that it, it started off as a hard year, but then turned into a decent one. And I think that wasn't just for him. That was for the whole Braverman family and everything we've seen them go through this season. So after that, Joel and Julia take them to Menchie's. Oh, my God. I love Menchie's. I mean, what <laughs> I the, right the greatest parents ever. So for all of you who don't know Menchie's, out here in California or the West Coast, it's big Froyo place. And, I mean, Froyo, I'm there. I get Froyo at Favorite least food. once a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when Joel told them, go crazy. Sugar get, like, coma. Sugar, sugar coma, coma. Get every topping. Fill your cup up. I'm always too cheap to fill my cup up too much because I'm like, oh, no, I don't want it to cost, like, $12. Uh, no, you do. You really do. Mine no. are always, like, 6 to $8. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I go okay. a little wild the best the 6 toppings. to $8 that you can <laughs> you I don't feel know. bad. I'm usually, like, $5. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they, I, I love the editing and, like, the shot that they use with Victor. He's like, yeah, look at my cup. It's all filled. That was awesome. This is so cute. And so they, they have that fun family moment, and then they go back to the house. And after that long, nice day together course Sydney has to kind of ruin it and Joel has to eventually <laughs> leave but she puts up this argument no please don't go I want you to stay what did we think of that was do you think Joel did Joel really stay or no no he he didn't but I, I think, think that was so. such a total typical reaction of Sydney don't go we all know my feelings about Sydney <laughs> yes but I will say something positive the little girl who plays Sydney, I would like to applaud you because, girl, you can cry your face off mm-hmm. on the spot, and okay. I can't do that. That was that so, was a great scene. Yeah, like, was that was thinking, a great scene. Gum, this girl is a good. Yeah, actor. like she is All a good are. crier. You know, she is doing her job. Sydney, the character, <laughs> you are too old to be throwing hissy fits. And cry fits to get your way, and I need Joel and Julia to stop allowing this. It just needs to end right now. She is too old. I get that her parents are going through a divorce and it's very hard. But there are other ways to express our feelings, to get our point across, and to get our way than throwing a two-year-old, like, hissy fit on the floor. I'm just sorry. I can't. And that is my Sydney (laughs) rant of the day. Okay. I I was going to say, love the Ravermans. They're amazing. But... They throw tantrums and fits at too old of an age. I think that Max as well, he should not... I know that he has Asperger's, of course, but 
they don't stop him from throwing the tantrums. It's more of the parenting. They're not stopping Sydney and telling her, you're being really annoying. You can't do that in public. You know, I would whip my kids into shape if they were acting like Sydney acted. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah even throws tantrums. All the Bravermans throw tantrums. They are. Here and there. I, But I will t- give, you know, Joel and Julia some credit considering this was the first time we've really seen all four of them, that family unit, together happy. Happy. So I think because it was such a good day, let's not ruin it on a sad note. Let's, okay, let's just put her to bed have a nice bedtime story. How sweet was that? Um, who talks about their birthing as like bedtime story? That yeah. was weird to me. Okay, and how in love they used to be. But if you think about it, Kindling. the stories that Joel is telling—they're all family oriented. Yeah. All things that he's remembering, things that he's clinging on to. He wants to be a part of the family. He loves being part of the family. We saw it all last week's episode. We're seeing it this week's episode that the only thing he can think about is the Braverman family. He still wants to be a part of that. And it's clearly a story that they've told before because Sydney even says, talk about the, the, the man needle. with the needle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's something that when they were happy, they would tell the story. That's how I saw it anyway. And so it kind of rounds it out and makes it a little bit more reminiscent of happy times and... You know, it even closes with Joel reaching for Julia's yeah. hand, and I just thought that was so sweet, and it made me so optimistic, because I love them together. I agree. And there was a moment where Joel and Julia, they both, you know, looked at each other like, yes, we're happy. We can be happy again. Except so that she's pregnant with home. Mr. Knight's baby. No, don't say that. It's just a black baby. <laughs> Which is a black baby. <laughs> oh, how big of a twist would that be? <laughs> Parenthood definitely has to come back for that. So I think, I, I liked how they kind of rounded up their, yeah. their relationship because it would have been really disappointing to see their interesting limbo relationship on a downside so to finish it with some positive things to maybe look forward to in the future was good on their part so uh but another person who might not have a positive future ryan ryan's in the hospital amber still there but we finally meet ryan's mother she's Mm. quite a character Played by Annabeth Gish. I mean, great actress. And she's been in a lot of different TV shows. So a great appearance from her. What did we think of Ryan's mother? She's clueless and doesn't know anything about Amber or the Bravermans, obviously. Out of the loop. But Ryan refused to tell her. I about Amber for that. The whole time I was just thinking in my head, this is his estranged mother. Like, he does not have a relationship with her. He yeah. stays away from that part of his life for a reason. So for her to come in the way she was, I mean, I everything about his mom is exactly what I pictured her to be. Her character, like, her style of clothing, like, everything that she was in those moments, like, being rude to Amber, just everything smoking in the restaurant, is it, exactly how I envisioned his mom would be, just based on the things we've heard, the littlest bits that we've heard from her, from him about her. Explains a lot. Yeah. Or how he acts, too, seeing how she is. The the thing that got me, yes, from all the things that we've heard from Ryan, how he has always described his past and his family and the people that he used to grow up with. But my thing that I was more surprised with was how she was treating Amber. 
She was very dismissive, very short, and purposely ignorant to, towards Amber. I mean, we find out that Amber had to lie and say that she was Ryan's wife, family. Did not go over well with the mother, the wife, Mrs. York. York. How's Mrs. York doing? <laughs> so just being very, very submissive and treating her like a patronizing, I guess. I didn't blame but. her for that. Because if she doesn't know who Amber is, her and Ryan don't talk. Should she have come in and tried to, like, take over everything? Maybe not. But her feelings towards Amber, if you're a mom and you haven't seen your son in X amount of years, you know nothing about his life, and then there's this girl there who has, you just found out, lied about being his wife, you know, Amber downplayed their relationship just like Ryan did, and was like, oh, well, we dated for a little bit before his third tour, and then a little oh, I bit guess it didn't afterwards. Work out. Yeah, so but the way like, she, Amber like didn't say, like, we were in a serious relationship where we were about to get married. You know, she never laid that out there. It was like, oh, we dated for a little while. So I'd be like, okay, little girl, well, thank you. Like, get away from my son. Now I got this. I'm mom. So I kind of understood that part of her. Does Amber deserve to be treated like that? No. But I could understand the mom part of her being like, well, if you just kind of dated my son for a little bit, I don't understand what you're still doing here. But I would think he loved her enough to list her as his in case of emergency. When the mom wasn't there, someone was there for him. Mm. I would think this girl loves my son enough that she's here when no one else is. I'm at least going to give her the time of day and not be incredibly rude. But she did not think that. Because we know that his mom is a horrible person. So horrible people don't think like that. They they think the way she's thinking and acting in this moment. I thought Amber handled it really well, though. She did. I think she did. Old Amber would not have handled it like that. So I'm glad that new mature Amber was there to handle things. I can't Mm -hmm. believe that he's going to be going to Wyoming with her, though. Yes. And that's what... Okay. Do you think... If this mother is so, quote-unquote, horrible, do you think the mother would have even come back into Ryan's life to claim that this is my son, he's coming back home with me, I'm going to take care of him? Or do you, do you think she should have, like, really just stayed out of the picture? But did Ryan call her? I don't think Ryan called her. They didn't say they didn't say how she found out because if Amber was listed as his in case of emergency contact, they wouldn't have had his mother's information. Somehow the the mother found out that I'm thinking it was Ryan who called her and was like, "I need to come to Wyoming because I have nowhere else to go. I was discharged from the army." I think so. so He's probably the one who brought her into the whole situation. That's just how I was reading things, but or. Do you think it was the army that? It, do we know that the is the army obligated to inform family members when their when a member has been injured? I feel in like Amber is the person who he has listed. I don't think that if he doesn't if he hasn't seen or talked to his mom in however many years, I don't think he would even have her down as any point of contact listed in the army or in his medical records but she knew more about what happened than amber she was like oh you don't know why he was discharged he was drunk and he was doing this and like she knew all the details so that makes me think that ryan called her up and was like hey mom i hit a low point you need to come out here and take me home I well need some especially help. he even says to amber this isn't your problem to fix i'm gonna fix this this isn't you so he and said he didn't have any other options so he thought this is the last resort that i have but I'm not going to put that on Amber. Yeah. Which do you think, he shouldn't. Yeah. No. no, I don't think so. But do you think 
Amber would have offered to be like, no, you're kind of, you're going to come back home with me and I'm going to take care of you. I don't want you going back home to your mother. I think that's exactly what Ryan knew was going to happen, which is why he knew that he had to do something to prevent it from happening. If he doesn't want to always be taken care of by a braver man, if he has to stand on his own two feet, then he needed to make sure he could go somewhere that wasn't with Amber because if he went back there, they might fall into the same traps that they've already done in the past. And my thing is, and and I think it was the line that where Ryan realized he had no uh, other option, you know, discounting uh, Amber out of the picture, realizing he does have to go home. He got out of there the first time on his own. He can get out of there again if he does have to go back to Wyoming take care of himself. If Unfortunately, the circumstances for him are not ideal, but he can overcome that, go back, recollect himself, get back on his feet, leave again. He still just needs to heal without yeah. having his face grabbed in those makeout scenes. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I think I that Amber gave him intense. a little like incentive to get his butt back out to California with the quickness. Yeah, banging him in the hospital bed, that's an incentive <laughs> right there. There's a lot of dry humping. <laughs> I will say that. I think there was some actual humping. I think there humping. was actual humping because we see her pick up a pregnancy test later in a uh, uh, yeah, family yeah, montage. Do. It's for Julia. Um, What? Oh, oh yeah. Do <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I just cut so. to it's Mr. Knight does it on the test. Yeah, my yeah, because seeing Amber go to the getting that pregnancy stuff, it's like, how the heck did you have sex with Ryan? Him being all injured in the hospital. Well, and I mean, it's too soon for her to take a pregnancy test, guys. I mean, it just happened. It, yeah. I don't know much about biology. But I know that it takes longer than one night for a pregnancy test to come back positive or negative. Okay. I, th- I feel like the, all these, uh, this whole episode probably covered about two days. It feels yeah. like two days. The whole moving process and just everyone, I think it covered two days. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't like a full, what, 28 days or something like that. <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> it wasn't long enough to know if you're pregnant after sleeping with someone. Yeah. Maybe she's just in a hurry to find out because she's trying to beat his mom. Like, <laughs> hey, I have this against her. I can sleep with him. So beat that. <laughs> and yet, yeah, and also Sarah and Hank were also there at the hospital. Hank is just hanging out. What do we think of this? Was it for Sarah or was it for Amber? <laughs> it's definitely for Sarah. Sarah. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit both, too. I mean, he loves the whole family. He definitely, obviously, loves Sarah the most, but Amber's her kid, and he likes feeling like he's a part of that. Yeah, he's sticking around. <laughs> we heard that a yeah. lot tonight. We're going to just stick around. So Sarah and Hank, they're driving back home, and then Hank, I love how Hank is like really trying and being honest with his emotions, because before he wouldn't say a thing. He's the very introverted, and now he's really working hard, expressing what's on his mind and getting what he wants. And he asked Sarah if they wanted to go again. Try the second time at the relationship. Were we happy with this? She gave a very wishy-washy answer at I think first. Her, re- her answer was well-reasoned and rational. But she never said yes or no. She it was, was very like, like uh, this is a problem. It you're felt like going it's going to be a big thing. This it is felt a like small it was, thing. It's yeah, important. It was okay, like a well. bunch of excuses instead of like a direct response. And I was like, Hank is putting himself 
in an uncomfortable and very vulnerable spot right now. And we know how hard it is for him to just be real and honest. And I wanted Sarah to be a little more real and just honest. Like, you can list all these reasons about, you know, oh, well, you know, like the Asperger's really concerns me and this and that. And I don't want to mess up our friendship if this goes south again. But at the end of the day, be like, I don't think it's a good idea for us to try this right now. She never once flat out said her response. She just gave him a bunch of wishy-washy answers. Okay. It might on the surface seem wishy-washy right now. It was more more so expressing her concerns, why she wouldn't go into it right away. And I I found it very mature and rational what she said and her reasoning behind it. She says that her, she's a communicator. All the Bravermans love to talk and communicate and express all their feelings and anything that's bothering them. And she needs eye contact. And that's what and we've said it before. Hank doesn't have the best eye contact and communication skills and stuff. And so she says, I'm concerned. We need that in a good relationship. I think that's definitely one good reason. It guess yes, it didn't say, yes, let's get back together. But for that that moment was the good reason to ponder over it. I feel like she was probably caught off guard, too. It was a very direct question that he asked. And they're stuck in a car. It's not like she can say no and then roll out of the car and be like, okay, bye. He's been asking her for a response for a week and she's been dodging him. This is classic her. She's constantly just dragging him and leaving him in limbo. Like, she kind of just leaves him hanging there and never really gives him a real response, whether she's into him as like someone romantic or if they're just friends. Yeah. She kind like, of friend zones oh. him a lot and then kind of like comes back flirts with him and then friend zones him again. But she finds him. I mean but, she finally does. We finally make do a get move. an answer. Answer she goes a big move. Goes back to the studio, lays a big one on him. Say, all right, let's I work do that, that one time. Just Are we walk happy up to someone and grab their face? Do it. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't work like that. I'd probably get arrested or something. <laughs> <laughs> but we are so we get an answer from Sarah. Are we happy with them together again? Or trying to work out their relationship? They've really been setting Hank up as the great guy, the victor, and really wanting to to push for him and to root for him. Adam even says, I'm rooting for the guy in those literal words. So as long as he doesn't mess up again, but he's on thin ice. It's one of those things that we're like, all right, well, you're you're kind of on suspension almost. <laughs> Is Sarah in the best place to say yes again to relationship? Because the last potential guy, Carl, Carl, we had a good thing going, and then she's the one that called it FB. Hey, this is the year of Sarah. Seems like that concept is out of the window for her with Hank. I don't think Hank's a great match for Sarah. I think that she's a little out of his league in a way. Like, I'm happy for him that he's dating her, but I think she needs someone that's a little bit more adventurous and spontaneous. She's, you know, that wild card fun personality, and he's very set in his ways, and I don't know. I don't know if it will work long term. But you know what? Going off of that, I think they might actually work because they balance each other out. I was just going to say that. Opposites attract. They, they work for each other. They bring out Hank calms Sarah down and Sarah helps Hank deal with, you know, his his issues and his Asperger's, mm-hmm. you know, his situations where she relaxes him and forces him to do things 
how he doesn't want to do them. So I can see how they work, but I'm still not in love with them together. Like, I don't know that their relationship to me from the start, I've never been a big Hank and Sarah fan. Yeah, I've never but I, un- yeah, but I understand it and I can see, you know, each person bringing out the better in the other person. I just personally am not a fan of it. I never was before, but I feel like after you see them complement each other so well professionally, and you think, well, they have both changed a lot since they were together the first time, so maybe yeah. they have evolved into the people that they need to be to make each other happy. Yeah. Yeah, and if you think about it, a lot of people were initially against Hank and Sarah together for the first time, but we also had Mark in the picture when they were together for the first time. I'm a now bigger that, fan of Mark yeah. still. But now that Mark is out and we can just focus on them too, we can really see how kind of well they are for each other. Maybe, I mean, Tiana, you're making a face. <laughs> I just... But, uh, you know what? And I have, I have a witness too. When they were kissing tonight, I was like, no, really? But I'm just being the devil's advocate here. Yeah. We do we I think with everything we've seen them together working each other, all their pros and cons together, they do work well together. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like you said, I honestly from the start I don't like how they got together in the first place mm-hmm. with the whole Mark her dating Mark still and, you know, engaged to him kind of thing. So that's why I initially did not like them together. But I I will just say again, I understand that they do make a good couple in that opposites attract kind of way. I'm just not a fan of it. Not a fan either. Yeah. I'm okay. just I mean it's like they're Ross and Rachel. <laughs> I was not a fan of Ross and Rachel either. But that's what? a whole different discussion not of involving this. <laughs> How are you not against <laughs> Ross and Rachel? Hated Ross. <laughs> Plain and simple. Marissa is about to pass out. But that's a completely different show. Back to parenthood. Yeah, back to this. But you and me, we have issues now. Okay. So, all right. They're together. I think it'll be interesting to see how their relationship grows for next season as well. Because when we see Drew and... Natalie's starting a new relationship. We see Sarah and Hank re, you know, remending, I guess, a, a previous relationship. Yeah, rekindling a relationship. So a lot of relationships going on in that, on that side. Yes, and another new relationship starting up. Hattie's back! Hattie's back! Are we all excited and for Hattie? And she's a lesbian! <laughs> yes. yes, she is. Okay, And so she's blonde! She's blonde. <laughs> I like her blonde. I like her I blonde, too. I like her blonde. I mean, she seems older and definitely a little bit more mature. I mean, I think a year of college will do that. And a year away from your family, you're kind of forced to grow up a bit. Mm-hmm. But she she grew up a lot in this in this she, season. So she, she comes did. back with her new friend, Lauren, also played by Tavi. I'm going to completely butcher her name. I'm sorry. Um, Tavi Jennison? Jennison? Works for me. Tavi. We'll call her Tavi. <laughs> um, she, she's an up and coming Her super awesome best friend. Super yeah. awesome <laughs> best friend. Okay, so what do we think of Hattie's storyline tonight? Do you? Th- I, I find it very relatable when girls are f- trying to figure out their homosexuality. I mean, we've seen two bad relationships with Hattie already in the pre- previous seasons of Parenthood. Do we like this new relationship? We didn't get to learn that much about Lauren. 
Yeah, I don't Other than like she's athletic yeah. and she likes to run. She likes to run. I thought that was sweet. The first thing I wrote down in my notes tonight is because, you know, they're hanging up the sign um, to welcome Hattie home at the house. And I was like, what parent doesn't go pick their child up from the airport <laughs> after, the like, cab. they've been gone for a whole year and you're so too. excited to see them? Who doesn't go pick them up? And she has to take, to a, take cab a cab back home. Yeah. I mean... Whatever. I mean, you have a whole family of Bravermen. <laughs> and not one of you can drive to the airport <laughs> to pick her up. Everyone missed her so much. But you know what? Take a cab home. We, we'll wait the extra hour to see you because you can just take a cab. But Obviously, that's... someone's not the favorite kid in the <laughs> <I> <laughs> But other than that, I thought her storyline was really good. Um, I liked where Parenthood took it. Mm-hmm. You know, that they weren't afraid to really go there. And, you know, because we have seen... Her past relationships um, fail, fail, um, and you know, for her to come back after being gone for so long, and it's like, whoa, now you're a lesbian. Like, what's going on? But I thought it was done tastefully, and it was done well, just like Parenthood would always do, and it was handled. I mean, you know, getting to see the parents, you know, accept her and still say like, hey, we love and support you, regardless of you know who you love. We just want you to be happy. I think that was also very nice because. So many kids out there today are, like, so scared to come up to their parents. And when they do, you know, get disowned and stuff. So it's nice to just show that, you know, life doesn't have to change. I love the reverse, how they exposed this. Not not so much exposed, but revealed mm-hmm. how they... Because we see Hattie's concerns for coming out to her parents. But it was actually the other way around. Her parents went to her to just not say, is there something you want to tell me? But if there is something you want to tell me just be know that we are okay with it we still love you you're the same person i can see you go first i was gonna say i just love that because it that scene with monica potter just really reminded me of my mom this one memory that i have distinctly when uh one of my friends came out to his family and they were not very accepting and i was saying how upset i was and she was driving me, and I remember distinctly her stopping and looking at me and saying, I just want you to know that whoever you love, I don't care if it's a boy, a girl, black, white, Jewish, Christian, whatever, as long as they make... I'm tearing up right now. As long as they make you happy, that's all I care about. And then seeing that on screen, I just thought, God, I wish everybody's mom could be like that. Yeah. Aww. I wish the, the whole I family. love you, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Amazing, and you know, props to Monica Potter for making us cry once again. But that, yes, the line of being happy because that's what real relationships should be about not about gender or race or religion or any of that. It's about being happy. I can see why she didn't come out to them right away, though. I think she knew they would be fine about her being gay because they are so open. But mm-hmm. they really did not like her old boyfriend. <laughs> like, he was not the right guy for her. We'll just put it that way. And they weren't a fan. So I could see why she would be afraid to introduce them to anyone she'd be dating. Yeah. They could get kind of judgy. Really, he was yeah. a lot older than her. Yeah, that was Michael B. Issue. Jordan's character. He was significantly hey, older than her. Look at him now. <laughs> yeah, look at him now. But he's, I mean, he's having an amazing career. But yeah, the the previous relationship with Hattie, they, of course, you're going to have, because those were her first relationships, so any parent's going to be concerned. But, but seeing their daughter go in and out of a relationship, now I think it's like maybe it's the third time's the charm. 
the the third person's the one you've gone you've had enough relationship experience for now if this one's the one that works and sticks yeah go for it be happy and i think that the way hattie you know because she attempted to kind of tell her dad in that moment in the kitchen and then you know didn't really go there but i thought that was a cute scene too because i was trying to figure out if adam was putting it together at that time and i was like is he getting it is he understanding is he peeling back that onion layer and really getting what she's saying or you saw his facial reaction where like things were his gears were turning his face was like what great acting oh Okay, I I couldn't go with that. Yeah, and then you know when Lauren came back from her run, and she's like, "Yeah, I love Hattie. She's awesome." Which is something that I say about all my friends, you know, to my parents, to anyone. (laughs) It's like, oh, Marissa, I love Marissa. You know, it's something that was so innocent, but in that moment is when he's like, "Oh, like ding ding ding!" ding." Like the light finally goes on, and the hamster wheel is fully spinning, and you can see it in his face. And I love that. I but love that. I love the end where he's like, I can get with that. <laughs> you know, I, I can go roll with that. That that was funny. And I loved how we, we saw, you know, Monica Potter's. We saw Christina's um, acceptance. but the And then how they showed Adam's acceptance at the end. We didn't hear the audio. But we we can also see that Adam was also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved you know, the way that was forward. shot. I thought that was brilliant. Because Christina said it all in the first time, I mean, we didn't mm-hmm. need to hear it again. But to tell the audience that both parents are okay with it is great. And look at how diverse their family has become. So diverse. You know, this family started as, like, a bunch of white people. And then, you know, you got Jasmine in there now. You got you two half-black babies, even though the infant baby looks pretty white. There's only one. Just really. saying. And then you got, you know, Victor in there, so you got your Hispanic. And now you have a lesbian. Your family is so diverse now. It's All you need is a little family. gay boy, and you're set. Such oh, wait, and you need an Asian. You need an Asian and a little gay boy, that, and you know? boom, family complete. <laughs> Just family this is you again trying to audition for the writer's room really? you're like guys Same. I'll bring diversity. in some new characters it'll be perfect get me just in there credit Tiana. they needed Tiana some diversity Thompson. though I'm glad they brought it into the show because, yeah. yeah they did because I mean Jasmine disappears for episodes at a time and then oh, comes yeah. in for a montage mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah I'm talking about tonight where yeah. was she the whole time? But I, I was so happy to see Hattie back, though, because we, we know that her contract was up and she wasn't really signed on uh, officially as a regular cast member. So to bring her back, because she is still a Braverman, part of the family, I really felt that Braverman connection family moment at the end of the episode where we had the beautiful montage, the the house is empty. Oh, this is such an empty house. Oh my god, so, so sad. sad. It was the <laughs> cleanest, emptiest house too. Yeah, yeah. Because usually when people move, there's still like you know little things left around on the floor. It was very clean. It's like I got choked up there. Like Zeke and Camille, the dancing in the empty. The corner. lighting in the lighting in the show is phenomenal. Beautiful. And the whole oh, way. sorry, we forgot to mention the part when they were when they were moving. When Adam and Crosby the got there, um, <laughs> and they're like, we're the movers. 
And Zeke goes, movers? We don't need no stinking movers. Shout out to Troop Beverly Hills. We lost our minds. We're like, Shia and Greg Nelson, they were the parents. <laughs> That's such a great movie. And he was and so he was, young in that movie. He was movie. so young in it. And so I was just like, oh my I God, like, what a great movie. little, like, reference to, you know, his past. And then um, with Zeke and Camille dancing at the end, it reminded me of the very last episode of The Cosby Show. Bill Cosby and Felicia mm. Richard, they actually dance off the set and out the room, uh-huh. you know, and like they show them just going. And so I thought that was a nice little moment. And maybe it was an homage to that, or maybe it wasn't, but they were both NBC shows. So boom, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Again, drops the mic. <laughs> drops the mic. <laughs> Tiana knowledge. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. It was sweet. It was sad to see, bittersweet to see the, the house now gone. Now gone of- forever. Sale, sold empty yeah hopefully when they come back and i'm not saying it but when they come back that we'll see a whole new story build in the new house that they're in i think that could be another character of its own but i did love the line where zeke was like uh you're not done until everything is packed up moved and then moved back into the new place and unpacked <laughs> and then that just reminded me my dad always says stuff like that it's like why do i have to do this i have kids <laughs> the kids are the ones supposed to do this Zeke wasn't doing anything no, every time he walked he had like food or was just walking in like what are you two knuckleheads doing i'm like what are you doing zeke i get it you're the old man so you're not supposed to but well yeah i have the kids know. do the physical work i grew up with that like we always had to you know do um the laundry or the mow the yard and it's like that's the reason why they had us (laughs) i like that he called out that drew was a bad mover (laughs) he was like you won and you get the car but you're bad but you're You're bad bad. but that's okay he he made the effort but uh overall great great episode for a finale that that end montage it's just i loved it and the fact that it's now at adam and christina's house Mm -hmm. Adam and Adam's the one sitting at the head table. I think all the family dinners will be at his place now. I think that's I think so too. new tradition. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and it really it, if and I I hate to say this if it doesn't come back for season six, I feel like it's a perfect bookend for season one because season one we in the very first episode we had the same lighting for the table dinner scene like how they strung up the lights mm-hmm. it was the exact same in the montages from back and forth it was awesome yeah we said that i was like oh they're doing like the family dinner again it's just like how it started yeah so i, th- I think so too so okay overall great episode you know what let's get into news After Buzz TV News. I'm going to have to put my glasses on because I have (laughs) articles to read and put on my nerd reading glasses. Um, So time.com, I I checked on uh, on their website. They said uh, um, there's a drinking game for Parenthood. But actually, instead of drinking game, it's like a drinking game. But it's actually called the crime. But you, instead of drinking, you weep openly. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm like, because Parenthood does that. And uh, there are a lot of different uh, rules that you're supposed to weep openly to. And enough, there, I'm just going to read a couple of them that really made me laugh. Uh, whimper whenever Sydney pouts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tears of relief um, whenever Olivia, Oliver Rome finally gets out of the luncheonette. <laughs> Snivel if Joel finds out about Joel sleeping with uh, Mark, or not Mark, sorry, Mr. Knight. 
That should be interesting. Ball and Victor says he doesn't belong in the family. <laughs> and openly weep when the Braverman crew bids adieu to the warmest, loveliest house. That's in, such a depressing game. Yes, it is. Oh my but, God. But, I just drink instead. It's like a yeah. drinking game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I that's available on time. Definitely check it out. I think it was just like a nice it, a self awareness that this show does make <laughs> people cry out loud. And so uh, definitely that I thought that was fun. And then also on today, uh, there there was an article. It says for the, for the finale, Jason Kadem speaks uh, about the finale. He says he's really proud of this uh, this episode, the show. It has been a combination of real catharsis. This talking about the whole season in general. Um, something in the Joel and Julie story that will give people something to hope for in the future. Mm-hmm. I definitely think they touched upon that. And then Peter Krause talked about the finale. He says uh, this episode would definitely make people cry. If you don't want to cry, don't watch it. The, the house being sold. <laughs> like, that's, that's true. And Kadem says... He wouldn't say farewell to these characters, but the story of the house is one of his favorites of this year. And then uh, Peter Krauss also talks about uh, the the whole story of the house and being sold, and he, he can relate to it because he says when his mom moved out of his home in Minnesota uh, when his dad was alive, but then when his father passed, now she doesn't want to move out of the house. So just like those stories that really do apply to life and he can, um, you know, relate. I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, also, so yeah, just check out the that article. It's available on today.com. Check it out. And then, you know, I don't have any fun photos because they stopped filming. Yeah. They, they wrapped filming like about a month ago, so we don't have those fun on set. Uh, photos. You know. Yeah pictures but it's been a fun season we've seen the progression so let's get into some predictions shall we and now you're after buzz tv predictions all right where do we think this season's this show is heading to because nbc still hasn't technically officially renewed it for season six but for a finale of course you can't fit everything in you know, one episode. So where do we think these charter school is going to head off to if they did pick it up? My first prediction is that it will be picked up for a season six. Um, the charter school, I think that, I think that's one of the main reasons why I have to have another season. Yeah. Because I have to see this charter school get up and running. I have to see Julia pregnant with Mr. Knight's child <laughs> while, you know, like, Joel is still there. You know, he just decided he wants nothing but family, family, family. And she's prego with the baby. So that's like adding to the family. You're like but really sure that this is happening. So all about this. I am so about You're going to start happening. a rumor around the whole internet. I hope it does. Spark it. They got it. <laughs> what could the hashtag be? means more people will be wrong. It's all right. It's all right. More. Night I just baby? Think it would be so great. Night baby? Night baby. Hashtag. Oh, a spinoff what? show hashtag. just called yeah. Night baby. Night baby. Baby. <laughs> and it's all about the baby. Trendy the baby. Now. Yeah. Um, but I think that it would be so great to get to see this charter school up and running to get to see um um to get to see Christina have a win. 
You know, because, I mean, I know she beat the cancer, but then she lost the mayoral race. So Mm -hmm. to get her to actually get this school up and running and for it to be successful would be a huge win. And I really love that she's naming it after a friend. And, like, there's just so much about that charter school storyline that I want to see more of. So I'm really excited for that. I think Christina living every single day is a win. And what she brings to every single episode is a win. But... What do you think, Elena? Where do you think this season or show is heading into? I'm excited to see more, not only of the charter school, but of Amber oh, and yeah. her mm-hmm. pregnancy. A pregnancy we know is more legit than uh, the Julia Mr. Knight. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> there will be a baby. What she, if they're pregnant maybe? at the same time and a baby's around the same time that her best friend? That's that's going to be what the if, whole show. What's going to be? Blown. Amber's baby will also star on Night Baby, and it's going to be a really good spinoff. <laughs> Night Amber was picking up the pregnancy test for her aunt, who was too embarrassed to go do it for herself. <laughs> Just saying. Also, I think that um, Amber and Ryan will finally get their stuff together, and they will finally get married. Okay. I With think a they little will. push. I don't think she's pregnant, but... Mm. What do you think? I think that the show is going to be on for one more season. For some reason, I feel like it's going to be one more year and they're going to wrap it up, which mm-hmm. I'm okay with. I feel like like last year when we didn't know, I was like, it better not end. And this year, I'm like, I would be really mad if it ended. But it did have that nice bookend kind of feel with the house being sold. I want one more season really bad, though. I want to see the school take off. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I could see Amber getting pregnant and then getting pushed to being married again, but I really don't want that to happen at all. So, okay, hopefully not. I, I agree with you. I believe it's going to come back for another season. We, we will definitely find out its fate and probably in a couple of weeks May. from now. May usually is when we find out, but when we find out, we'll obviously be tweeting about it like crazy. Um, I, I, I would love to see the charter school start because that's something we've fought for and what Max really needs and all of his trials and tribulations that we've seen his character go through this season. He really needs that charter school to help him, um, help him out. I think it's, it's terrible that Hattie only was back for only one episode and the fact that they bring this whole new character with her. Yeah. I want to see that grow. Because we've seen everyone else. Yeah. I don't even know if I like her or not. Exactly. We've seen all the other relationships on and off this season break up, separate, get back together, you know, go through all these things. But now we start a whole brand new relationship that we could look forward to and see that it's such a tease, Mm -hmm. I think. So uh, I know really quickly, and I'm springing this on you. Overall, this, this season, what were some of your favorite moments? Oh, wow. Yes. Um, why don't you start? I, I, okay, I, okay. <laughs> the song with Drew and Amber, oh, I yes. loved. Yes. I thought that was one of the top moments. Anything that that they had the siblings together and really showing that sibling love, I really, really liked that. I, I agree. I think one of my favorite things that happened overall, uh, maybe nice moment, maybe it's like a lot of collective moments together, is Sarah and just how she has really really grown up as a character all the going in and out of relationships with carl having this project that she'd been working on helps her career she she got out of the house she's in the apartment like all those things that she had to deal with and now even helping hank become a better person as well just like i love sarah it's amazing and any sad 
emotional, happy scene with Christina, you know, always just gets oh, me. Well. Love her. I mean, how did how are any of these people not nominated for Emmys? I know. It's how ridiculous. is this show not nominated for Emmys? For all it's of the Emmys. They should get every Emmy. Everything. 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 You want me Any? to go next? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I want you to go next. I'm looking okay. at <laughs> um, I'm going to say my favorite moment was um, of the season would have to be Zeke and Victor working on the car because I love that Victor in a moment when he, you know, didn't feel like he was a part of the family, his parents are going through so much, and here's, you know, his grandpa stepping in and helping him through this without even Victor necessarily realizing what he's doing for him and you know then to see it pay off at the end of the season with his confidence and giving that speech in front of everyone and just like Joel and Julia said you know you could see his confidence just you know boosting with every word he said while he was reading that thing so it reminded me of you know like hanging out with your grandpa and just you know getting to hear story old stories and that sort of camaraderie with family I like that I really liked how Camille went to Europe and did what she wanted to do and traveled because I can totally relate to that. You know, you get so stuck up in your own lives and your family and your jobs and whatever is going on in your life. You can't really escape and do the things that you want to do all the time. And you, you know, can get stuck because people need you. And, you know, she went off. She did her own thing. No one died. She came back. (laughs) Everyone was fine. She wasn't even gone that long. And... I'm really glad that she went out and did that. I want to go travel and do stuff like that, too. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. I think, so. I think we all do. But great season. I've had so much fun talking about this amazing show with you gals all season long. I'm glad you guys, you know, stuck with us this whole season as well, talking about the amazing Bravermans. Go on iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe. Tell a friend about Parenthood, and then also download the AfterBuzz TV app that we just recently launched. And, uh, you know... We have a bunch of shows coming up in the future as well. So, But to keep this parenthood conversation going, you can always tweet at us. Where can we find you, Tiana? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at the Tiana Hobson. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan, and I'll also be at the Comedy Store on May 8th. Woo! And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Danica Kennedy. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. And you know what? Quickly, what other shows do you guys have in the future Ooh, to okay. look forward to? Because we do a bunch of after shows here. Let's see. Once Upon a Time, Hemlock Grove. Yes. Um, what else do I do, Marissa? Because I do all my shows with <laughs> I you. Janet and I just oh, do everything. Awkward on MTV Tuesday nights. Uh, and I think that's it right now. Okay. All mine are off the air right now, but the Carrie Diaries when it comes back on and Parenthood when it's back. Mm-hmm. And I'll be on Louie. Yay! Louie! Louie here too. And then, as Tian mentioned earlier, we do Penny Dreadful. That's coming Penny up. Dreadful. Brand new show. We're also coming back for Hemlock Grove and Rookie Blue in the summer. And then we also do Once Upon a Time <laughs> together. And I don't know what other shows we do together because we do a million shows together. And then, you know, I'm always here at After Buzz. So thank you all for listening, downloading, rating, comment all season long. This has been such a great show. And I don't want to stop talking, obviously, because <laughs> I don't want to say goodbye to Brave Immigrants yet. And I don't think it's goodbye either. I don't think it's goodbye. Yeah. So, you know what? See you we'll later. see you next season. See you in the fall. See you in the fall, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for watching.
from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.